Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with the youngest legendary New York drag queen, former city council candidate, former political correspondent on the exchange rate, host of Them Three Judy's podcast, Marty Gold Cummings, whose single Cake is out now, who's performing at Pikes Peak Pride on June 11th in Colorado Springs, Colorado at 9 p.m. and is in Drag Me to Dinner on Hulu now. How you doing today, babe? <laughs> I'm good. You hit all of the, the points. I'm yeah. good. Thank you for uh, doing this interview so late uh, after my gig. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, happy Pride. Yes, happy. Actually, I will say that. Yes, happy Pride. Should say that. My first guest of Pride. So, work. Oh, the first Pride yeah. guest. Sure. Yeah. I love that. So, where are you originally from? Um, well, I've lived in New York for, um, it will be 18 years this month. So, for yeah. a long time, I'm old. Uh, um, I moved right after high school, uh, but I'm originally from uh, Maryland. Oh, works. So, what was it like for you growing up as a kid in Maryland? Uh, well, I grew up on a farm and I went to Catholic school. And so I didn't really, you know, fit in. Um, I was very flamboyant and very effeminate uh, as a kid. And so I, you know, I think a lot of us queer kids have that experience of not really fitting in and, and, and being bullied on the playground. Um, but I really um, started coming into my own, I guess, when I was in like, I don't know, maybe like fourth or fifth grade, like fifth grade. Yeah, probably like around fifth grade. I started doing um, theater at the local community theater and I met, you know, a lot of um, other little theater nerds like myself uh, and really and really sort of gaining like confidence and, and whatnot through that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in high school, I, had a really, I actually had a really great high school experience. I'm very fortunate. Um, keep in touch with a lot of, uh, my friends from high school. Um, but yeah, when I was like a little kid, you know, I was picked on a lot, um, for being, you know, a little queer kid or whatever, but the theater, the local theater company, like really saved me as a kid. Yeah. See work. I was never picked on. I was more just like, kind of like ostracized hmm. cause I was always bigger than everybody. Like I'm. Like, I'm six foot three and I'm built like a football player. So, like, nobody's going to, like, mess with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. Like, everybody has, like, such a unique experience of, like, growing up and what it was what it was like. And But, you know, it's so funny. Like, I, um, I was doing a gig earlier today and somebody asked me, um, what's your favorite thing about doing drag? And I made a joke about it. But I said, I was like, oh, my favorite thing is I... I make a living doing what I was like picked on for as like a kid, you yeah. know, which is um, like such a fun kind of turn of event. Work. So what was it like for you coming out as I'm going to start with coming out as gay? So I came out, um, I came out my the end of my freshman year of high school. I think I was 14 years old at the time. And when I was growing up, I'm 35 uh, now, I'm almost 36. And so when I was growing up, it was like the height of like the Will and Grace era of TV. So a lot of like the girls wanted to have a gay best friend. And so I was very scared to come out because I had been picked on a lot. But then when I came out, like all the girls were like, oh my God, like you're just like Jack on Will and Grace. And so they wanted to have their gay best friend. And so that actually like, in a weird way, really kind of saved me from getting 
made fun of ironically you know and um and helped me a lot and and um uh yeah and 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 but there is still that like it was really interesting like when i came out like my only reference to being gay or queer culture was um was will and grace and yeah. was um, Queer Eye, like, came out, like, shortly after that, the original Queer Eye. And then, like, going to Borders Books and, like, sneaking, like, looking at The Advocate and Out Magazine and XY Magazine, like, at Borders. Um, and reading about, you know, what what whatever they were writing at the time. And, uh, but there was still that, it was, like, really interesting because, you know, I came out as gay and, and uh, I still felt this kind of missing... I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it didn't feel like the puzzle was like fully complete, if that makes sense. Right. And, and so I felt like I had to like come out again in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, when language started shifting. I had grown up, you know, and, and started to discover more about who I was. And there was language around um, being genderqueer, non-binary. And, yeah. and so when I came out as non-binary, it felt like that last puzzle piece was put into place you know and 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 so now i identify as um you know queer right well i will say coming out for me i say in some ways i was somewhat lucky because i came out four months after my mom died so i only had to come out to one parent oh wow which made it a little bit easier as i said my dad was accepting i have an older sister who is accepting I came out to, and being Catholic, you're going to know this, I came out to a youth minister, mm. mistake, because when I came out to him, I told him about this, like, theatric idea I had with, like, a knife and how, like, I had practiced, like, I had practiced it, but, like, I was, like, theater stabbing myself, I explained all this, so he left the room. Came back about 10 minutes later and he told me, okay, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. Mm. And I'm like, I was older. I was 18, but I was like a little naive. And I thought, well, maybe going with him wouldn't be such a bad idea. He said he wanted to take me to get a psyche eval. I'm like, I could pass it, which I did. Mm -hmm. But he lied to make it seem like I was lying in the evaluation. So, as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty traumatic. Definitely. Yeah, well, everybody has such a... Everybody has such a, like, a unique coming out story, you know? There's no, like, one wrong or right way to come out, and I think everybody right. has their own individual experience with it and, and um, their own fears around it and trials and tribulations, but coming out is, is like, such an empowering um thing to do it is to your point of you saying that the puzzle piece wasn't completely filled i feel like until i discover drag that's when like the puzzle piece like fit together yeah well drag is so healing you know like it's because i was doing drag that i was able to really like explore gender and explore um you know to to tap into those parts of me that i was maybe uncomfortable tapping into before and drag really helped me kind of unlock that to to yeah. to come out that second time you know and and so it was really interesting like 
coming out at 14 and then coming out again at like 30, you know, um, in a new way. Um, It was liberating. And so it was scary, but it was also like liberating in so many ways. Yeah. And it's also, as you will know, moving from New York, moving to New York City, it's and not until you move to a city where you feel like you can honestly start exploring yourself. Cause like I'm from South Florida originally, like I'm an hour North of West Palm beach, but it wasn't until like I moved to Orlando where I like, I lived in Orlando for four years and it's like, that's where I was felt safe to like start exploring drag. Yeah. Well you have to, no matter what, like when you're going through this exploration, like you have to find um, a safe space to do it, you know? And, and so I'm happy that you were able to like find that safety and community. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, unfortunately, back home saving up money because I is so desperately. Well, you know how things are in Florida now. Like, I do. Yeah, my best yeah. friend lives um, in Florida. My oh, my ring light fell. Um, my boyfriend's from Florida. Um, I have a lot of friends who are down there, and it's a really scary time. You know, like the NAACP and um, and uh, uh, Equality Florida issued a warning for people's safety in Florida right now. It's it's a really it's a really difficult time for a lot of people down there, and I really worry for kids and in, in schools and and making sure that they're protected and taken care of, um, especially our young trans kids who are really under attack um, by DeSantis. Yeah, it's just it's so sad, and especially being from this area. I literally. Today I listened to your um most recent episode of Them Three Judies and like it was just you talking about like not supporting like Target and all of that during Pride like as queer people and it's like I understand that at the same time I look at it this way it's sad that like being in this town there's some things I can only get at certain stores. Like, thank God I ordered it online. But like, if I had to get makeup locally, like I use Elf Cosmetics for everything, mm-hmm. but it's sold at three stores in this area. One of them's Walgreens, one of them's Target, and one of them's CVS. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times Walgreens and CVS doesn't have it. So it's like, if I had to go locally, I'd have to go to Target to buy it. And it's like, that's the yeah. unfortunate thing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's like, you know, like this corporate rainbow washing is like really interesting. Um, you know, we have to make sure that these corporations are, uh, if they're going to be allies, they have to be allies and 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 not cower and back down to a small minority being loud. And, and that's exactly right. Like a lot of these small towns, like they don't have the chain supply, you know, so these big box stores are the only option there. So, yeah. so um, we need to make sure that we're holding them accountable, but also making sure that they're looking out for our, our community. Yeah. In fact, actually my um, drag sister was doing a live not long before this. And she's like doing like a makeup tutorial and talking about all this. And she's like, you can buy elf at target. And then that's when I went and joined in and I'm like, don't be telling these people to go target. <laughs> yeah. If that's the only option you're able to order it online, yeah. try to do it. That's that's literally um, what I did because I was running low on makeup and I'm like I know I don't want to go to Target like yeah so I did that well I'm glad you're able to get it yeah work so what was it like for you moving to New York City 
Oh my God. I was a baby. I was 17. I like had literally just, um, I literally just graduated high school and two weeks later was living, uh, in New York and it was such like a culture shock, you know, like I went to school for musical theater. I started during the summer semester and I went to school for musical theater and I went from like a Catholic school where I was like the only like openly gay or one of the, the few openly gay, there was like, a few others, but you know, like yeah. in a school of like almost 2000 people, there was maybe like five of us who were out, you know? Um, to then going to musical theater school in the middle of New York city. And it felt like everybody was, what was gay. And, and it was like such a culture shock, but it was amazing. And I, I was so excited. I wanted to live in New York since I was five years old. It was like my dream, my whole life. I always told everyone in my family that I would live to New York the minute I could. And that's what I did yeah. like the minute, like literally the first opportunity I could to be here. Um, I came and it and it's been my home ever since. You know, like I said, I was 17 when I moved. I've now been yeah. here to be 18 years at the end of this month. And and so like the majority of my life has now been in New York, which is wild to me. That is amazing. As I say, I I love New York. Like as I said, if I had like a lot of money, that's where I'd move. Cause as you know from living in New York, New York's expensive. Oh my god, like, it's so expensive, and it keeps getting worse. It's like it's insane the cost of living here. It's really wild. So my plan is to move to the South version of New York, which is more affordable. Atlanta. Oh, I love Atlanta. Oh, that's yeah. a great city. You'll love it there. Yeah, I love Atlanta. It's so I've I would try I've tried to move there before, but it's like. Now I feel like, especially my goal is hopefully at some point this takes off and I don't have to work a day job anymore would be my ultimate goal. And it's yeah. like Atlanta would be perfect. Although I do have to say it'd be perfect if I can get more guests in New York because that's the hardest thing. Like getting guests on the East Coast is very difficult. Oh, really? I've found, yeah. I've found it much easier to get people who actually like show up when you book them in LA. Who are some of the LA people you've had? So I've had, let's see, I've had Arise Wanzer. I've had um, Phoenix Lee from For the Love of Dilfs. I've had Prince Joshua from For the Love of Dilfs and who's a go-go dancer out there. I've had, God, I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, I've had Onyx, non-binary musician out there. I've had a lot. Like I've LA is like where I've had the most amount. Like New York, I've had a few. Mm -hmm. And then but as I said, New York, like as you've proven to me, New York people also show up. So like that's another we show up. We show yeah. up. Even if it's way later than we were yeah. supposed to. Uh we show up. It's important. It's important to show up for one another and for community. Because that's the craziest thing. I was talking, again, going back to talking with my direct sister before, about people ghosting you. It's like, why would you promote an interview? Why would you and I both promote an interview and you not show up? That, that seems crazy to me. Like, Yeah, honor your commitments. We got to show up. And it's yeah. why we should show up and support one another, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, not, for... it's not only, like, letting down my followers. It's letting down your followers. Like. Yeah. It's important, drag community, yeah. you know, we're in this together. We gotta stick together and help each other and uplift one another and support one yeah. another and be there for one another. And 
And, and, you know, I know what it's like, I have a podcast, you know, yeah. uh, that I, like you said, them three Judy's with Richard yeah. and Vonda. And I had my own solo podcast before where I would have guests on, you know, so it's, it's disappointing when people ghost on you. Um, so you have to, you know, honor your commitments. Exactly. So what was it like for you the first time you performed in drag? Oh, that's so interesting. So I, um, I started doing drag uh, when I was probably like 19. Like I said, I'm 35 now. I'm turning 36 then, yeah. next month. I was probably 19 when I started doing drag. Uh, I got cast in this show off Broadway and the character like experimented with drag and, and I really fell in love with it. And so I started going to see uh, Sherry Vine and Shaquita and Peppermint and Beyonce yeah. and seeing their shows. And I and then I started uh, just exploring drag and I did my, my first like official drag gig um was my birthday party and i had um friends of mine uh uh frankie grande and lily cooper and adam Cantor and matt doyle who have now all gone at we all know who frankie grande is and all the other ones yeah. to get tony awards and tony nominations but we were very young and they were my guests and i hosted and the bar owner was like oh you're really funny do you want to have a weekly show and it so it just like very accidentally like happened and that was my first weekly show and and then another show happened and then another and and so I've been doing it full time ever since, you know, since I was like 20. And uh, it's been really like an exciting journey. And um, so that that was my first like drag show. And I got started when I was starting doing drag. It was me, Bob the Drag Queen, Tina Burner, um, Pixie Aventura, Bootsy LaFerris, Brenda Darling. Uh, we all started at like the same time um, and came up yeah. together. And then the next generation was like, Monet and and yeah. um, uh, Britta and, and um, uh, Jasmine Rice and uh, Pissy Miles, these amazing performers. And now there's this whole new generation um, after them. Um, so it's really, it's been really quite the adventure. Amazing. Literally, as I always say, I have a very different way of starting out in drag than most people do so like i started out because so i'm a musician oh. like <coughs> oh excuse me sorry bless you so anyway so like i started out at open mic nights like out in straight bars like in drag just, yeah oh cool well not not at first i did it first not in drag and then like I did that for a month and then I'm like, you know what? I have this idea of what Prince Electro Diamond is. I probably wore as much makeup as Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I think I swear I wear more than her now. Like, but it's like, it was different and like, so in a in a situation where like you have people performing acoustic set acoustic set acoustic set and you have me who usually open the night doing electronic music that I like produce the beats and all of that like doing something like that it was very different and like did everybody love it no did a lot of people love it as well the owners liked me for the most part there was one time I was told not to say fuck like <laughs> Or no, I just screamed motherfucker into the microphone and I was told the next week not to do that. So Well, you gotta make yeah. art that makes you happy and you'll find yeah. your audience. Yeah. 
Because, like, I was scared to perform for gay people. I will honestly admit that. Like, <laughs> I get that. Um, any audience is scary. I have really bad yeah. stage fright, actually, and a lot of people don't know that about me. I have really, really bad stage fright, and so I have to psych myself up every show. But then once I get on stage, I feel completely at home. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I absolutely deal with stage fright um, and, and something I've had to overcome. Yeah. It's the one thing that I like about my stage look like having sunglasses. It's like I can't really see the audience. So it's like I can almost pretend like they're not there. Oh, that's good. It's like your yeah. like protector. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So where am I? Oh. Have you ever had someone steal one of your tips while performing? Oh, my God. Years and years and years ago probably like six months into me doing drag i was doing this gig i got a, this new weekly show so this is like 15 years ago and like during my number i had like my tip bucket on stage and i was like walking around the audience and i came back to the stage and my tip bucket was gone and i was like what the fuck and so i like, hopped the track and i was like where's my bucket and everybody in the audience was like what's going on and i was like you're who took my money and so i uh went around the bar and I was like looking for my money and then I uh like the waiter found the bucket in the bathroom and it was empty and so I was like I got the security and I was like we're going through everybody's bag and whoever has a bunch of cash it's like water yeah. uh and we found the person and they like were banned from the the bar and it's the only time that's ever happened to me well that's good I'll I'll tackle that onto the question I don't have written down, but it's like, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you while performing? Hmm. Craziest thing that's happened to me when I'm performing. I mean, God, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I'm trying to think of like, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me while I was performing? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, well, I'll let you think, and I'll tell you mine while I'm doing it. I actually had somebody snatch my wig one time. Oh, I would kill him. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the craziest thing that's happened when I'm performing. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I've had so many weird things happen over the years. I can't pinpoint one. Yeah. As I say, that was a night where like they caught me in a good mood. Because had they not caught me in a good mood, I probably would have taken my shoe and beat him upside the head. Well, that would have put me in a bad mood if somebody snatched my wig. Well, especially because it's like now I have to sit. I had to sit in the window, like find exactly where my part is, like make sure that the wig was like put back onto place. And it's like. <sighs> Got to get it together. Yeah. That's almost I made this point with go-go dancers. It's like I don't get why we have to tell people how to fucking act around nightlife people. Like, I just, I yeah, don't get it. Just be, just... be kind, be polite, tip, don't touch. Like, you know, we're there to do a job uh, and to entertain you. So be respectful for sure. But it's like, I, well, okay. I imagine that kind of stuff doesn't happen a lot in New York. Cause like, you're around people who go to like see audiences or go to like the theater all the time because literally the theater's right there. But it's almost like 
in some ways you want to be like, you would not do this to Beyonce. You would not do this to Lady Gaga. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. I, um, I, I was dropped crowd surfing once. Wow. That, that was, it was, I thought it was funny, but. <laughs> well, I mean, you were all right, right? You didn't oh, like. I got, right, I got right back up, and they yeah, they picked me right back up, and we kept going. It was great. Well, I mean, I guess that's not bad. Crowd surfing, as I say, must be nice to be skinny. I would never do that because, <laughs> like, I am a big bitch, and like, if I thought let's crowd surf, they would drop me. Like, <laughs> they did drop me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so. What was it like working on the exchange rate with Monet Exchange? Oh, I love Monet. Monet's been a friend of mine for many, many, many years. And when they got the show, um, they called me and asked if I would be interested in doing this segment as like a one-off. And yeah. So I was supposed to only do it one episode. And then she really loved it. The producers really loved it. Jay, one of the producers and the Build series. And the audience really connected with it. And so... Um, it became a regular thing. I think I did, I don't know, like maybe six episodes. And then when she was out of town, she had an out of town gig, which she was scheduled to film. And so I uh, hosted the show while she was away, um, which was was really, really fun. I was really honored that she trusted me with that. And I think the last episode we did was during the pandemic, um, uh, was the last season of the show. And, yeah. and we filmed something um, uh, virtually. See, I will admit, that was the season... I, I actually was introduced to you on the exchange rate, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Political Fish. I loved that. That was so yeah. much fun. And I will... Way to introduce politics to people in a fun yeah. way. Definitely. And I will say, Monet... I met Monet once. Monet was nice. Like, Oh, she's the best. Yeah. I love her. I love her so much. We used to be neighbors. We used to live like right next door to each other. Yeah, until she moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> we got out of here. I was the person who I would say, like, thinking about L.A., I probably had the way that a lot of New Yorkers think about L.A. when talking about, like, moving out there. I was the person who, like, until, like, a few months ago, I was like, I will never move to L.A. Everyone's so fake out there. Everybody's so superficial. This, this. And then I started meeting people from L.A., and I'm like, well, this person's nice. This LA's person's great. Nice. I think it's like anywhere. You're gonna have superficial any superficial people anywhere you yeah. go. You're gonna have real people anywhere you go. You're gonna have people that you connect with anywhere you go, and you're gonna have people you don't connect with anywhere you go. You know, it's about finding your like you talked about when you started doing drag in Orlando. Yeah, like finding your like community. Exactly. So what made you okay? What made you ru- I can't read this. Okay, there we go. What made you want to seek political office at a lower level in terms of city council instead of like running for Congress to be? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll run for Congress someday. Who knows? But um, at the time, and I still do believe this, I think local government is like the bedrock of democracy. New York City, where I live, um, has the largest city council in the country, one of the largest city councils in the world with 51 members. We represent 9 million people. My council district represents 175,000 people, which is basically the size of a congressional district. Yeah. Um, and New York City's population is larger than most of our states. 
Um, and our operating budget uh, is larger than most states' operating budgets and some countries' operating budgets, you know? So it's a really, even though it's a local office, it's a really influential office. And, and I, I really do believe that local government is a bedrock of democracy. I think right now school boards are the most important elected positions because of all these book bans and, and, and what's happening with schools and libraries across the country. So I encourage progressives to run for school board um, in their communities. But that's why I decided to run for for that particular office. Cause I will say work. It's something not city council. I have thought about running for Congress before myself. So it's like, it's like what stopped me is in some ways it's weird. I would like change my name. Cause I would want to run as Prince Electro diamond. I wouldn't want to be the first like drag well, queen person well, in congress maybe a girl is a candidate in a, a trans candidate and a drag yeah. artist in um, los angeles and they are running uh using their drag name yeah oh yeah that is true i don't know maybe a girl yeah you're right yeah i love maybe they're great okay so i'm gonna get your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on the 2024 election uh, I think the Republicans are all uh, extremely dangerous with a lot of dangerous rhetoric and talking points. And so I think there's a lot of issues with the current administration, but also there's been a lot of good that's happened with the current administration. And I think we need to get behind them and and do what we can to elect, um, uh, to take back the House, to keep the Senate, to make sure that state legislative bodies are democratic. Yeah. And make sure that the current administration is passing the Equality Act and um, getting trans protections put in federally. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, there's no way Biden can lose. But we thought that in 2016 with Hillary. So we need to continue to push and push and push and make sure that people are registered and out there voting and, and not just doing it for federal elections, but doing it for local elections, too. See, I would say, and maybe this is just where I get my news from, because I will say, like, if you're getting your news, I'm telling this to people out there, if you're getting your news from mainstream news, you're not getting the facts. Like, that's just plain and simple. If you're getting your news from CNN and MSNBC, you are not getting what's actually going on. That's why, like... In terms of saying getting behind the current administration, I kind of disagree. I'm not. I'm not saying. Okay, I'm not no, saying. Right, that, disagree, but that's like our right now. That is our only option, unless we want to have Trump or DeSantis, and that's extremely dangerous. I have a lot of objections to the current administration. I think there's been a lot of missteps and flaws, but I I also am trying to focus on the wins and advocate for those flaws to be right it. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I do not want Trump or DeSantis to be right. office, and so I will do everything I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay, so you don't think that um, Marianne Williamson has any chance of, like, trying to run against Biden and, like, win? Because um, that's, that's, that's who I'm getting behind. Sure. Like, yeah, but that's the great thing about a, a yeah. democratic system, right? Like, you can yeah. support your candidate and yeah. advocate for them and vote for them and campaign for them, which I think is amazing. That's what's great about democracy. You can support yeah. various candidates. 
do I like a lot of the stuff she says? Absolutely. But um, yeah. I also, uh, so vote for her. If that's your candidate, yeah. vote for her. But um, uh, for me, I, uh, um, I'm going to vote for the current administration. Right. I mean, I get it. It's understandable. And I will say to anyone out there, it's like, if, again, in a primary, I'm saying this in a general well, election, a obvi primary. obviously, yeah, yeah, in a general, uh, yeah. You have, that's the beauty of a primary, right? Like, you yeah. can support, like, I was a huge Elizabeth Warren supporter. Like, I supported yeah. Elizabeth Warren for her whole campaign. And then when she didn't win, then I was like, okay, well, we'll, you know, yeah. go right. But that's the great thing about primaries. You can support your candidate and then whoever ends up winning, it, if, if Biden doesn't, end up getting the nomination for the Democratic Party for whatever reason, then I'll oh, probably yeah. support whoever the nominee is, you know? Uh, but that's what's great about, about a primary system. You can support your candidate. I have a lot of friends who are supporters of, of uh, uh, Mary Williamson. Yeah. Because I would say, like, well, I don't know much about I think it was i don't even know who the other candidate is i think it's robert kennedy jr i might be wrong about that oh yeah yeah okay yeah he is a lunatic yeah they say like there's certain people like he's a lunatic i've seen like what was it i saw like clips one time of like the 2016 like libertarian debate like when they were trying to run for president and i'm like i hear all this i'm like why the fuck would anybody vote for any of these people? <laughs> like, literally, there was, like, a discussion of should heroin be legalized for five-year-olds? I'm like, is this a serious discussion that you're having on a stage? Like, <laughs> it's madness. It's insane. It is, yeah. Um, all right. What I have, I'm, like, fading fast for my show. Let's do, let's do two more, two more questions. Okay, so then I think of. Give me one second. I gotta think about what to skip. Yeah. Um, okay. So, have you ever suffered with body insecurities? Oh my god! All the time. All the time. I think everybody, to some degree uh deals with that i yeah i i i felt insecure about my body many times i had a whole conversation about it the other day with my therapist where i was like feeling really self-conscious about uh my body i think it's i think i think society and the media put such a heavy emphasis on what we're supposed to look at like or whatever. And at the end of the day, like all bodies are beautiful. All bodies are summer bodies, you know, like, um, uh, it's important to promote body positivity for all body types, but I've certainly like, you know, I had, like I said, I was talking to my therapist the other day. I was really feeling, I don't even know how to explain it, but I was really feeling self-conscious about, Oh, am I too this, or I'm not enough this, or I'm not enough this, or I'm that, you know, and, and, and like, and then you just like stare at yourself in the mirror and like try to pick out all of your flaws instead of just being like you know what like i'm 35 my body is gonna do what it's gonna do and like 
Um, yeah, of course I, I've struggled with that. As I've said before on here, same. Like, especially being like a bigger person and like, especially in the queer community, you see all these people that like look one way and you look nothing like it. And it's like, that gets hard on you. And it's like- sure. Well, I think that's why we have to, we have to promote body positivity, you know, like we have to promote, like all bodies are beautiful. All I hate when people are like, oh, getting my summer body together. And I'm like, all bodies are summer bodies because we're all yeah. living in the summer. Like where, if you want to, if, if you want to wear the bathing suit, wear the bathing suit. If you don't, don't like wear what makes you feel comfortable. Like everybody should be able to wear crop tops. Everybody should be able to wear what they want to wear and feel good and sexy about it because everybody is sexy, you know? And but I've certainly struggled like over the years with my my own insecurities around that. I think everybody, whether you're muscular or not muscular or tall or short or, you know, thinner or bigger, like I think everybody has those insecurities that creep up because we're so conditioned to like look at some airbrushed model on a billboard instead of just being like, okay, well, this is who I am, you know, and, and being accepting of that. Right. It's hard. It's hard and definitely, as I say, have a realistic goal of what you can actually attain. Me, um, me yeah. at 6'3", I thought I should be 160 pounds. I do not yeah. know why. But it's like, I'm like, I looked at it, I'm like, that's so not realistic. Don't, like, don't beat yourself up. Like, yeah. don't beat yourself up, you know? Totally. And... What's the biggest misconception about you? Biggest misconception about me. Um, what is the biggest misconception about me? That I, I'm very confident. <laughs> I think a lot of people think I have a lot of confidence just because I've, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've had a very public, my, most of my adult life has been in the public. I, I My first TV gig was when I was very young and I've been working a lot in drag and my drag career has grown a lot. And then I got a national platform and I ran for office. And, and so I think with that, people think that oh, I'm very like, you know, but I have, I have incredible insecurities, you know, body stuff is one of them, you know, like I have, I have really intense stage fright. I have really intense anxiety and really intense depression and, and thank God for therapy and like medication to help handle that stuff. But I, I get very, like my close friends know it about me, you know, but I get very, I think people think that I'm just like, incredibly outgoing which i am to a certain degree of course yeah. you know? but um but i also like get very like uh nervous and i and i don't think people realize that about me see extrovert that is very extrovert energy that is not me i'm very much more of an i'm an introvert but i will say i like i like being in drag because like the greatest thing is like people come up and talk to you which i think is like so much easier than having me having to start a conversation it's a like, good icebreaker it's a great icebreaker yeah like i'm like an introverted extrovert you know like i yeah. love like me time i love my time at home alone or just with my friends and then i'm an extrovert with like work stuff but like it takes a lot like sometimes you know like it really takes a lot of build up sometimes because of my anxiety yeah i will say how i've answered this question i have answered this question with guests and i feel like i've said before like i have a tendency where sometimes I can come off shady and it's not like intentional. It's like, I hear something in my head <laughs> and then when it like 
comes out, all of a sudden somebody's like telling me shade. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> like <oops>. kind of <laughs> is. <laughs> but it's like I, I relate to that. <laughs> right. I get that. Totally. So my internal, my internal monologue slips out sometimes. I'm like, whoops. Because <laughs> sometimes you, you have to say it, and like sometimes like we don't try and be judgy but it's like <laughs> yeah it happens i was the person as i say i'm so grateful for the sunglasses because being in those open mic days you have some people who think that they can hit notes and it's like <laughs> it's like it's like mama what was that that was <laughs> not hide your reaction with the sunglasses i should try yeah. with the sunglasses it's funny it's so anyway it was great having you on Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for dealing You're with welcome. my schedule and tech issues I had earlier and, and yeah. catching me after a show. I really appreciate it. And if you're ever in New York, let me know. I will, of course. And I will definitely say, because this is shorter, I'd probably will like, I have questions here that I didn't ask you. I'd probably love to have you back on again. Definitely. I would love to. Somewhere. I would love to come back on and answer more. Um, uh, but you know that after gig life, I'm like, oh my god, it's almost one in the morning. I gotta go to bed. Uh, uh, and you said it was your bedtime well, too, but I would love to come back because because I, I will tell you this. Literally, I've been up since four a.m. So go to bed, go to bed right yeah. now. Oh my goodness, I know. <laughs> I will. All right. I would be more than happy to come back. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, okay. with that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, and stream.